Et poissons, les poissons, how I love les poissons! Love to chop and to serve little fish! First I cut off their heads and I pull out their bones! Ah, mais oui, ça c'est toujours délicieux! Les poissons, les poissons, with a cleaver, I hack them in two. Pull out what's inside and I serve it. My God, I love little fishes, don't you? Here's something for tempting the palate. Prepared in the classic technique. First you pound the fish flat with a mallet. Then you slash through the skin, give the belly a slice. Then you rub some salt in, cause that makes it taste nice. Zut alors, I have missed one. Sacrable, what is this? How on earth could I miss such a sweet little succulent crab? Quel dommage, what a loss! Here we go in the sauce! Now some flour, I think, just the dab! Now I'll stuff you with bread! It don't hurt! Cause you're dead and you're certain! From the gateway to the west and just down the street from where it all began, the inspiration of Main Street USA, all of our beloved Disney characters, where a simple farm boy grew up to become a genius innovator and the keeper of childhood magic. Of course, I am talking about Walt's childhood state of Missouri. Welcome, my friends. You are listening to the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast. You're listening to the Mousecapades podcast, sponsored by Two Tickets to Paradise.net. Hope everyone is enjoying their Easter holiday weekend. This is episode six of the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast. This week in episode six, we'll talk Disney news along with this week in Disney history. Our main topic this week is going to be food, one of our favorites. Dude, I love food, Dave. You know me. The food is just as important as the experience. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about all of this because there's lots of choices. Yeah, but first, bud, what I'd like to talk about is some travel news. And there's some news going down in the Magic Kingdom. First off, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, Grog Grotto. Crater Sands yeah. Grog Grotto. Yeah. Have you looked at the pictures online? Yeah, I actually looked up a couple of YouTube videos. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I I imagine, you know, you know, the show Survivor. Yeah. If they had a place where they hang out behind the scenes, like, they're not really, you know, trying to find their own food. So when the cameras are off, they go and chillax at the bar. Yeah, that's I, what happens. I imagine, yeah. I imagine that would be like a place that they would go to, a place like that. They're actually probably, they probably are going Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Yeah, behind the scenes of Survivor, they, they when they go on camera, they spray them with mud and uh, cuts and everything. <laughs> and and then behind the scenes, they're just hanging out. Of course, and they give them a tiki glass filled with, you know, a margarita or something. That's exactly, I'm sure that's what goes on. <laughs> but 
I was looking at the pictures, and, and it looks really cool. You know how I love that Tiki-esque feel to restaurants? This does look pretty sweet. And they have these awesome glasses. You know, I'm all about souvenir cups, and I have a whole bunch of them that I've collected over the years here, here at the house. Right. And uh, they have, like, these um, zombie voodoo heads that they fill their drinks in with. Right. And I think that's just really cool. I have to go there and get one. Yeah, I saw on the, online that they have a, uh, there's one drink that they actually put into a pearl-looking container. I was wondering if you got to keep those, too. Yeah, so, I know. I saw that as well, and yeah, we got to ask when we go there. That's right. Well, uh, those bungalows are pretty close to it also, so you can have some of those and collect your cups and then stumble your way down to those bungalows that are right on uh, right on the water. Yeah, how cool is that? I was taking a look at those as well, and I saw those in construction last year when I took the family down there. And they looked absolutely amazing. And it reminded me of when Aaron and I went on our honeymoon down in um, Riviera Maya in mm-hmm. Mexico. And uh, they had those out there. And they looked absolutely amazing. It just reminded me of that. And I would love to stay in one of those bungalows. That looks really cool. What <laughs> that a would cool, be pretty sweet. Yeah, what a cool way to not have to go out of country. Yep. You know, stay in country and get the Disney experience. Yeah, and I had no idea that they were going to be on the water. I just thought they were going to be, you know, right on the beach. But these are actually, you, yep. you go out on a dock to get into your bungalow. So those are pretty sweet. All they need to add now is the sharks, you know? Exactly. What with, else do you with, have for us? With lasers. <laughs> lasers. <laughs> What's up? Also, there's, you know, we've heard the rumors going around at the Magic Kingdom of a new Jungle Cruise restaurant. Yeah, I've heard uh, just some, some whisperings online. Yeah, there's been some whispers online, and I've been reading some articles. And it seems like uh, it may actually become a reality because you're already seeing things posted online. The new Adventureland Veranda Restaurant. We've also read some articles on, well, what is it going to be called? There are some names that I have seen online. Skipper's Oasis or Skipper's Cantina. Have you read Have you read these? No, I haven't heard any of these. Pretty cool names. Pretty clever names. I kind of like it. We'll see. You know, that's really that's all out there right now. It's just the rumor mills out there on the Internet online. Talking about, you know, the Jungle Cruise attraction may have a Jungle Cruise restaurant, so we'll there's see. So, there's just so many names that it could possibly be based on the script that those skippers at the Jungle Cruise uh, perform every time you go. And it seems like my family has that whole script memorized of, of what uh, the skippers of the Jungle Cruises say. And there's just so many one-liners that you could put into a restaurant title. So Imagine what they can do inside. You know, if they took the animatronics from the water, you know, and kind of made that a reality inside the restaurant and kind of incorporated that i just think it'd be cool with the hippo popping out of the water they could they could do something in the restaurant with you know bring it on over yeah i could see like uh jets of water like they have it uh like they used to have anyway at the epcot entrance where the jets of water just fly over the tops of tables and things yes yeah that would be pretty cool and imagine you know how uh at various restaurants when you have people come out and sing happy birthday or do some skit or sing and dance have tribesmen come out and chase people around you know i don't know i I just think that'd be kind of cool to do something like that just to get the crowd involved and at the end of your meal at everybody's meal as somebody comes out their server comes out with a fake gun and and says shoo 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 like they do dude that's right that would be hilarious i just think you know bring in the experience that's one place that you could really tap into the experience and i think disney is uh, noticing that with the whole Be Our Guest restaurant, you know, immersing you in that experience in the Cinderella's right. Castle, making you feel like you're there. I think this is another opportunity for Disney to do the same thing. And hopefully, you know, they'll do it right. 
Cool. Well, we're looking forward to see how that goes. Yeah, stay tuned. There'll be more news next week. Okay, changing topics. It's time for This Week in Disney History, where I bring you something cool that happened every day of the week upcoming. So we're going to start with uh, April 5th, 1965. We are in Academy Award season. We mentioned an Academy Award last week, and this week we've got another one. This one is one of my daughter's favorites. Julie Andrews in 1965 won the Oscar for Best Actress for Mary Poppins. Um, actually, the Best Picture Award was handed out to My Fair Lady that year, so the Mary Poppins Best Picture didn't happen. Uh, Chim Chim Cherie did win for Best Song, though, as well. So that happened on April 5th. Love that song. Did you sing that as a kid all the time? Oh, you get it in your head, you can't get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, you kind of just sway back and forth. April 6th, more recently, 2007, Epcot opens Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros. Opened in the Mexican Pavilion at Epcot and replaced the El Rio de Tiempo ride. Um, thing about this ride, Nick, is that every time I go to Disney, I say I'm going to ride it, and we always run out of time. And this last time I went... Back in October, I was by myself, so I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to ride this ride, finally. And so I went to the Mexico Pavilion, uh, walked inside, went into the restaurant area, looked around, couldn't even find the ride. And I just felt so embarrassed about it that I didn't ask anybody where it was, and I just took off. So I, I'm still yet to ride this ride, I know. Just just look for the birds and the sombreros, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should have the birds walk around with sombreros on, and the ring of the sombrero, just fill it with, like, uh, chips and salsa. <laughs> and just, how, how cool would that be? Go around and get refreshments to everybody at the park. Yeah, they just, they just you know, waddle around and uh, you just take a chip. Cool. April 7th, 2006. One of my favorite ride opens, Nick. Yeah, and I I think I know what it is. Go ahead. Expedition Everest, Animal Kingdom. Yep, the one that I will not do because you go backwards. Coolest roller coaster at the Disney I, theme parks. I'm sure it is, but I hate going backwards. One day I will ride it. I told you guys that, you know, in an earlier podcast. I know my son, he is a thrill seeker. He loves to be, he loves to spin around and just ride roller coasters. And I know one day he's going to make me go on that, and I will. But uh, until then, I'll hold off. I guess Uncle Dave's going to have to take him on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, going, you know, back to, going back to my most recent trip again, uh, I was on Everest, and yeah. I go backwards, and we go to the, to the Yeti scene, and uh, ride stops. So I'm stuck in this cave. That's right. Tell, five yeah, minutes, yeah. Five minutes I'm stuck in this cave just listening to the wind blow because once the Yeti goes through its action and the and then goes away, uh, it just it's just a blank screen on the side of the wall, but you can hear the wind blowing back and forth. So five minutes I'm sitting there watching the wind blow or listening to the wind blow in this ride. You know, that wasn't uh that wasn't the wind blowing, it was just your hollow head. It was the legend. The legend of the Yeti. Oh, never mind. Wah, wah, wah. I didn't get the joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, I know. Okay, move on. The space between my ears. Yeah, it's okay. It's growing. All right, April 8th, 1974. Walt Disney World's Treasure Island, which was later be called Discovery Island, opens. Uh, it's on Bay Lake. It's 11 and a half acres of wildlife. They had some pirate action going on over there. Um... This, to me, is one of those things that's just a mystery. I don't know much about it. I've looked up on Google Maps and seen the area that that was Discovery Island, and it's just, I don't know. I don't I don't know much about it, and it's just it's one of those Disney secrets that I'd like to know more about. April 9th, uh, 1991. If you ever want to do anything great for Disney, make it April 9th, because going back into Disney history, not much happening, and this proves it. In 1991, the Dapper Dans sang the Star Spangled Banner at the California Angels home opener. The only other thing in Disney history I could find, Dennis Quaid was born. 
Star of the star of the rookie. Oh, okay, okay. I, like Dennis Quaid was born. Okay, yep. what? He's older anything, than that. Anything special needs to go down in Disney? Uh, let's make it on April 9th so we have something better to say about wait, April 9th. Wait a minute. Okay, so on April 9th, when was Dennis Quaid born, though? Uh, ninth, uh, 1954. Okay, okay, so uh, for some reason I'm thinking 1991. No, he's way older than that. No, no, he was born in 54, but that was the only other thing in Disney got history it, on April it. 9th I could find. So, Okay, yeah, wow. <laughs> so, there it is. April 10th, 1964, Walt Disney arrives in New York City to oversee his four exhibits at the 64 World's Fair in New York City. Uh, his four exhibits were It's a Small World, The Ford Magic Skyway, Great Moments with Abe Lincoln, and The GE Progress Land. So those four attractions, which we actually talked about in a previous episode when we talked about uh, Disney coming to St. Louis, those rides, uh, huge success at the 64 World's Fair, and of course one of them stuck around. You know, <clears throat> you mentioned Small World. I, I know a lot of people don't like that ride. Um, do you like it, Dave? Love it. Okay, Absolutely. see, I like it. I don't know why people give it such a bad rap, but listeners like uh, like the you know the person we had on last week, Chris. Mm-hmm. That's a ride I'd love to take him on, and just it gets stuck, and the song just keeps playing over and over and over just to torment him. <laughs> well, you can go to his house and set up a speaker and, and play, <laughs> just play it. That'd be taken into a whole new level. Can't yeah, do that. it would. Yeah, it would. Uh, he may deserve it, though. April 11th, 2006, rounding out the week here, we've got Winnie the Pooh celebrating its 80th birthday with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Winnie the Pooh, star Walk of Fame. And that wraps up this week in Disney history. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Dave. Hey, Mousecapade friends, if you're interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation, just simply contact travel at twotickets2paradise.net. Again, that's travel at twotickets2paradise.net. Dave, that's something I want to mention. You know myself, I'm affiliated with Two Tickets to Paradise, and, you know, I help others plan their next Disney vacation, and it's a pretty exciting experience. You know, I just sat down with a family a couple weeks ago and planned out their whole Southern California trip. It was really cool. They're starting off in Oceanside and, and heading down to San Diego, doing a whole bunch of things down there with like shark diving and the zoo and SeaWorld and some other cool stuff. And then they're heading to Anaheim and going to Disneyland and going up to Hollywood, doing the whole Hollywood Boulevard thing, Santa Monica. I know we all did the same thing when we went down there, the whole Hollywood tour and Disneyland and stuff like that. But it's just really cool to sit down with families and, and share that joy, you know, that they have when you're planning their trip for them. You can see it in their eyes. They're super excited. They can't wait. If you're interested in actually doing this, just contact travel at twotickets2paradise.net and they'll give you information on how to become a part-time or full-time travel agent. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Surge 365 and how to get paid to travel and make $1,000 bonuses, also contact travel at twotickets2paradise.net. So Dave, last week I was checking our Facebook account after school and the Mousecapades podcast received a response on Facebook. And I shared that link with you, and you saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Go for it. Okay. Well, it was more like a challenge. You know, I like to think of it as a quest. All right? The message was from John. And this is what he had to say. Can the experts at the Mousecapades podcast confirm this story? All right? He sent us an article to read. Now, keep in mind, Dave and listeners, this was on April 1st. So it's April Fool's Day. This is what the article had to say. Walt Disney World has announced a name change and more for Cinderella Castle. Starting on September 8th, 2015, it will be called Elsa's Ice Palace. It will be given a new facade to go with the name. 
Elsa, of course, is the Ice Queen from the Disney hit movie Frozen. The date for the official name change is the day after Frozen Summer Fun ends at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is also expecting a new name. The Bippity Boppity Boutique will be replaced by a new store called Olaf's Outfitters. After reading this article, Dave, I laughed out loud. As much as we all love the movie Frozen, Dave, I thought to myself, really? Really, Disney? But I kind of knew it was an April Fool's joke anyway. But I, <laughs> but I went along with John's challenge because it was fun. Right. Clearly, clearly taking advantage of the of the uh, popularity of Frozen and how Disney is just like wringing that that idea for everything that they can get out of it. Yeah, I I loved it was just good fun, and I love the fact that Disney got involved, and I love the fact that a listener from our podcast joined in on the humor and sent that to us. That is so cool. I thought that was awesome. Hey, John, I just want to say thanks for the laugh, and thanks for calling me an expert. Yeah, keep <laughs> that's li- cool. And keep listening. Keep listening. I, you know, I saw that same thing on Facebook, and then it, it I went and did some research online, and I found out that there was another story circulating on that same day, April first, uh, about a retro park that Disney was going to open. The, the headline of the story was something like, "There's a fifth park that's going to open," and uh, the whole story talked about how it was going to be rides from the past that they had closed down and you know that's that's like an attract that's like a theme park after my heart right there is, is right. all the rides that closed so you know i got real excited for a second and then i i realized you know what day it was and at the end of the article it actually said you know this is this is not going to happen as opposed to the one that you just read it never actually came out and said that this is not going to happen it just gave lots of clues and made it obvious but it didn't come out and say it so i thought it was pretty funny yeah i just thought again i thought it was really cool that disney got in on the fun it shows character right so also dave we have received more text messages this is pretty cool i'm glad that you listeners are starting to contact our facebook account and and you're starting to text us we're getting tweets all the time this is really cool so dave Here's the question that we got. Bring it. Nick and Dave, what ride is your favorite ride from each park and why? All right, let's start Animal Kingdom. It's a, it's an okay. obvious for me. Everest. I like the safari ride. Kilimanjaro safaris? Yeah. Cool. Uh, call me boring. No, they're all good. All right, next. Uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. I will go with... Oh, man, that one's tough. That one's no, tough. No, it's not. It is... Uh, I would go Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror? Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go with Star Tours. Yeah, I figured you love would. love Star Wars. I love that ride. Uh, let's see. Epcot? Yeah. That was tough for me, too. Oh, you go first. Dude, dude, I know we got the same one. Come on, now. You say space? Or what are you going to yes! say? Mission Space. Mission Space? Yeah. Yes. I, I like Soren. I like Soren. Yeah, Soren's cool. Come on. Yeah, Soren's cool. Here's the thing about like... Mission Space. It's right up my alley because space is my thing and all, but every time I get on there, first of all, I cannot go with the green ride. I will not allow myself to go with the green side. So I go in the orange side, and right. then the whole time I'm in that seat, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. So it's almost to the point where I think I'm going to I'm gonna pass out that I can't even enjoy the ride because I am feel like I'm going to pass out. So, dude, but, oh, it's, it's just... And it's all, all mental. It's, it's all, all mental. No, it's all the breathing, te- the breathing techniques. You, you got to breathe properly while you're, while you're you know, under the, all the Gs. So... Here I am in that ride. You know, before you go, you're doing like your pre-flight stuff, you know. And so they right. have you, they have you inside the capsule, and you're sitting there waiting for the ride to begin. And you have all these switches in front of in front of you, and you know they do nothing, but you just flick them anyway to see if they do. 
And so here I am like a kid right. flipping all these switches and everything and actually talking to Mission Control like I'm actually talking to someone. My wife looks over at me like you're freaking nuts. And I look at her and I said, honey, this is the closest I'll ever get to space. I am going all <laughs> out. <laughs> you know, but just a couple months later, though, I ended up riding in T-38. And yeah. and that was a fun ride. And so it was kind of a similar experience when you're forcing, when you're facing all those Gs. You know, it was just a really cool ride. I can't wait to go back and uh, experience that ride all over again. I'm sure that training in Mission Space just prepared you for that T-38. Oh, oh it did, buddy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, let's, let's move on. Uh, Magic Kingdom. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Disney, by the way, for preparing me. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Magic Kingdom. Uh, let's see. I got to go Space Mountain. <sighs> Man, I have to go. Nice choice. I have to go with. This is going to be boring probably to a lot of listeners, but it's classic. And it's something that I remember as a child. Don't say Peter Pan. N- oh, no. I love that ride, though, with my kiddo. My kiddo loved it, so I love it. Of course. But, uh... Dumbo. Dumbo. Yes, yes, I love that ride. I remember as a kid, you know, when I think about as a child going to Disney, for some reason I think of Dumbo. And my kiddo had the opportunity to ride that ride last summer, and that was his very first ride in Disney World. Yeah, same beside, with beside the train. Same with and, Mia. And so, because we rode the train all the way back and hopped on Dumbo and rode it like three times in a row, he absolutely had such a blast and immediately put me back in that childhood state of mind when I was his age. So it was a really cool experience, so I think that'll forever be my favorite ride. All I have to say is thank God they doubled the capacity and added to the queue. Yes. Because that ride was a pain to get on in the past. All right. Is it, that's it, right? What's next? No other so, Uh... That's all four parks. I mean, we're not going to talk about the water parks, I don't think. No, let's not get there. So here, here's another question, Dave. What <laughs> what do you remember being your favorite ride when you were little? And I just answered that, so I'm not going to answer that question. What about for you? Uh, let's see. When I was little, I, w- I would say it's either Peter Pan or It's a Small World. I mean, you can't go wrong with It's a Small World. That's something that you will never forget, riding that ride over and over and just the song. So I think that's probably the strongest memory in my mind is It's a Small World. But Peter Pan is right in there as well. Yeah, that's a staple. And here's another question, and we're going to answer this on the show, so I don't think we have to answer it right now. Okay. So here you go. This is from the same person. They had, they had a handful of questions for us. What are your favorite Disney restaurants? We are planning a trip this summer and would like to know what your suggestions would be for dining. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, we will talk about it. It, it kind of depends on who's in their party. If it's just adults, if it's kids, if it's boys, if it's girls. So, uh, you know, a little, little more information would, would be nice on that, but we'll, we'll go and we'll give them some options. Yeah, there's so many variables on that, so many factors. Right. Dine, as far as dining, are you looking for an experience, food, how many people in your party? Is it going to be lunch, breakfast, or dinner? You know, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll go ahead and we'll, you know we'll answer that as uh, our podcast goes on. And they have every they have something for everybody. It's just a matter of finding the right matchup. So uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, keep the questions coming in, listeners. Please, you can always email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail Give us a tweet at mousecapadepod or text us at four zero seven six seven four zero four one four. Keep them coming. Yeah, we totally appreciate those texts, and uh, also, don't forget to get on iTunes and give us some reviews, because we need those reviews. They attract listeners. Yeah, we've already had a handful come in, Dave, and you know, we have set a goal of trying to reach new and noteworthy, so listeners, please, they really do help out a lot. Go ahead and send in those reviews for us. We'd really appreciate it. 
So this episode is all about food and the Disney dining experience. Let's talk about our experiences, Dave, at the various Disney restaurants. So a restaurant that I really like, Dave, and I know you do too, is Ohana's. I love the breakfast at Ohana's. Every time I go down to Disney World with the family, we always make an attempt to set a reservation for the actual breakfast. I know you've done the dinner, and you'll probably talk about that in just a second. I know my parents have done the dinner, and they really rave about it. Uh, I just really love the whole overall experience. They really do provide that family experience, as Ohana means, overall, with character dining, how you're treated by the cast members, and the food is great. I love how the characters walk around. They do the parade like every hour. I think that's really cool. And the kids can join and and shake the maracas, right? It's yeah, you you can't go wrong. I mean, you really can't go wrong with Ohana for breakfast because there's nothing that beats getting there before the park opens, having a nice breakfast, seeing Mickey, you know, before the park even opens. You've got that off your checklist already. Definitely. Uh, it's family style, and they'll bring you more if you want it, so you can eat as much as you'd like there. Uh, my family usually fills up there in the morning and doesn't doesn't have to worry too much about a, a big lunch. We just usually grab a snack and then we're good till dinner once we eat at Ohana. And, and like you said, that whole parade aspect, I jump up and do it every time. I did, I did too, and I did it last year as well. You know who got me hooked on Ohana's? Who's that? You did. Okay. <laughs> remember, <laughs> I remember, thought so. <laughs> remember when we went down for uh, uh, the marathons? Yep, Nick and I went back. down. 2012 we went down marathon weekend and uh that was our celebratory breakfast the day we had to leave so yeah that was really that was a pretty cool experience you got us you worked your magic and got us in for reservation somehow and uh looking back i still am in shock and all how you actually got us in but uh but yeah we had a big party we had about eight to yes, nine people there we did and it was very last minute spur of the moment and they they fit us in so thanks to the cast members out there at ohana's it was just a really cool experience, and I remember sitting there, and I took all these pictures. Uh, dude, I gotta take my family back here when we come. So, anywho, let's go on. Okay, so uh, I'll share one with you. Uh, my family went uh, back in 2010, I think. We went to Disney for a little over a week. Brought my mother-in-law because my, Mia was little, and we needed an extra pair of hands to go, and she, she was uh, gracious enough to go with us. So we went to uh, Cape May Cafe over the on the boardwalk and uh one of the days we weren't at the park we went there and was just a really nice we had character breakfast you know most of the meals that i'm going to talk about are character breakfast because the experiences that i had were mostly uh catered around my daughter who was young at the time so uh we went to cape may cafe and had breakfast it's buffet breakfast um they have super food there you know it's just they've got the staple disney breakfast buffet meal there they've got the mickey waffles which is so important to me because if i can't have my mickey waffles when i'm at disney world something's wrong uh they have a french toast that's got and a caramel and banana sauce that is just fantastic i think i probably ate way more than i should have of that that morning um they have some of the characters walk around and uh do the meet and greet which again I said on the last one, it's a check mark off your list. You don't have to wait in lines during the day. You don't have to use Fast Pass. I think anytime you can do a character breakfast, it's it's a plus because it takes care of that whole aspect of time in your day spent waiting in line to talk to a character. And uh, that Cape May Cafe breakfast was was great. You do that breakfast, you go for a stroll on the boardwalk. You know, if you're going to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios or if you're going to Epcot, you could you can walk it. To either one of those places from there so you kind of work your breakfast off on your walk to the to the gates of the parks and uh just a, a really good experience on my part at cape may cafe 
Well, I'm going to take us over to Hollywood Studios. And a restaurant that my family and I went to last summer was the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater restaurant. Have you been there? Yeah, we went there one night. Go for it. I, I absolutely loved it. I was just in love with the whole experience. I really felt like I was in a drive-in theater. It was really neat. And I'm a huge sci-fi fan. But I really enjoyed the food as well. You know, I had the flame-boiled New York stri- uh, strip steak. And it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. Finished it off, I think, with some dessert afterwards. It was like a shake or something like that that I had afterwards. Right. I absolutely just loved the meal. I remember tossing and turning, thinking, okay, is it going to be the St. Louis-style pork ribs, or am I going to have the strip steak? And that's a pretty cool uh, decision that, to have, you know? Like, right. What am I going to get? The pork ribs or the strip steak? And I went with the steak. Because you're from St. Louis. You can get the St. Louis ribs anytime you want. <laughs> that's, absolutely, that's absolutely true. I didn't even think about that, Dave. So my experience with the Sci-Fi Diner was a little different than yours. It was late at night. It was after Fantasmic one night and had my family and we're walking out. My daughter was still young. I'm carrying her. I can hardly feel my arms. And we were starving and we needed a place that we could get to, that we could sit down, have a good meal. And we had we were on the dining plan, so we had some credits left that we could that we could burn. So we went and uh, actually we first tried to get into the 50s diner, which is just about impossible for the moment. And so we went to Sci-Fi Diner, and it was really cool. We, you know, we walk in, you have the back ends of the cars, you see the old school um, drive-in video up on the screen, and you know, I can't tell you what I got there. I know that I didn't, I don't have bad memories of it, but uh, just that's one of those restaurants that's the overall ambiance of the restaurant that gets you right. to go there. Uh, the coolest part about that dinner, and my wife's gonna kill me here, we had a full day of just going and going and going and going. Anywho, Colin and I were were together by ourselves at our own table in our own car booth, and he fell asleep immediately because, you know, it's so dark in the restaurant. Sure. And it was just awesome because I was able to eat by myself and not have any distractions or any interruptions for the first (laughs) time in the whole entire trip. (laughs) Sometimes you need that. Yes, so that was really really cool, so I think we might be going back. Cool. Um, Next one I want to talk about uh, is the first one that's not a character dining option. Uh, well, actually, sci-fi is not either, but that was yours originally. Uh, the Coral Reef Restaurant. This is in the seas at Epcot, and uh, the cool thing about this is that you are right there in the front of the restaurant. The whole wall is nothing but glass aquarium, and uh, we were fortunate enough, again, last minute to just get a reservation at this place and didn't know much about it at all other than, you know... We thought it would be cool to sit by the by the glass and, and watch the aquarium go by and whatever was in the aquarium, and, and we did. So we got a table that was right up front next to the glass and sat there, had a great meal. Uh, you know, like you, I had steak that night, and uh, the dessert was great, which I know we're going to talk about the desserts, and I'm not going to mention coral reef dessert, but it was really good that night. And just an overall, something a little extra to add to the, to the meal that you don't usually get at any place that you can go to was this huge, like sea turtles coming up while you're eating your dinner and like right in front of the glass and it's like the sea turtles mouths are watering because my steak was so good and uh no they have i think there was a diver in there at some point so it was co- just kind of cool to to watch as as you ate your meal did you pick out your lobster and you're like hey i want that one i wish that was, <laughs> i'm thinking they probably frown on that and throw them in your pot <laughs> uh so you know i'm going there this summer with the family uh, any su- any suggestions? I mean, if you ask, is every seat next to the aquarium? No, it's kind of shaped like a stadium, so or or a movie theater. So you've got the front row right on the glass, and then you've got an aisle for the servers, and then you've got like stadium seating 
going up so that everybody can see the aquarium glass, but we were actually right up against the aquarium glass, which is which is a plus. So if you can put that uh, into the notes of your reservation that you're willing to wait the extra time so that you can get up by the glass, sometimes they accommodate you for that. Cool, I'll definitely ask that. I'm going to take us back to Hollywood Studios, and I'm not taking us to a sit-down dinner. Hopefully you don't mind. I'm going to take us to you know, a quick service lunch. And I know people either love it or hate it, but I really liked, I really liked the ABC commissary. It was really? simple. It was quick. We got in, we got out, and um, they had some pretty good food. Uh, the time that we were there, they had these really cool Olaf cupcakes. I know we're not getting into into the dessert right now, <laughs> but I just had to mention it, Dave. I'm sorry. Sure. They uh, I, really they just serve you know the burgers and the fries and stuff like that. But it had the whole movie esque appeal to it and i just thought it was really neat i don't know i just thought it was cool have you been there no i mean not not that i know of you know some we grab meals and i don't even know where we're grabbing them from half the time when we we grab meals i as a prep for this show i was trying to think of all of the quick service places i've been to in the parks and you know that's kind of the cool thing about those quick service thing those quick service meals is that if you if you want something you go and grab it and you're gone i don't remember the names of half of them so. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I shouldn't say they're just a burger joint. They do have seafood as well, and then they have chicken and things like that. They have Asian salad, salmon, right. and Asian salad, and seafood platters, and a shrimp platter, fish. All right, your turn, buddy. Well, this one I'm going to actually combine two different places, and you and I talked before the podcast today about uh, Chef Mickey's is one of them. So Chef Mickey's is, uh, you know, if you're a Disney fan, you know Chef Mickey's, and it's one of the few places where you can go and be entertained by the Fab Five uh, without waiting in line forever. And so I've been there several times, but I've been fortunate enough that when I've gone there, I think three or four times, two or three times at least, uh, have been on the night where, they ha- where they're where they serving ribs because they, they have a specialty that they serve every night that's different. They have their staples, but then they have something every night that's different. And uh, a couple of the nights that I went there, they were serving the ribs. And now these are the same ribs, I believe, anyway, that they serve over at the Polynesian at the Spirit of Aloha show, which I went to also. And uh, those ribs are phenomenal. As a matter of fact, when I went to the Spirit of Aloha show after the show, I asked our server about the, about how they make them. And they must get that request pretty often because she came back to my table with a recipe card in hand and just handed me the recipe on how to make them. Oh, now, nice. Yeah. Now, can I duplicate them? Never. Did I, you, try, you tried? Oh, several times I've tried to, to do that because, you know, Chef Mickey's, you're looking at like 40 50 bucks a person. And right. that Spirit of Aloha dinner, it starts at 60 So you're looking at a pretty hefty price to get those kind of things. So if you can replicate them, I'll do it on my own. But uh, I haven't even come close. So um, I love Chef Mickey's for two reasons. First of all... You have to go when they're having the ribs because that's that's key. It's a buffet, so you get as many ribs as you want. And again, I stuff myself. And uh, it's a good thing that when I go to Chef Mickey's, it's usually after we're finished with the parks because I'm done for the night once I'm finished eating at that place. Right, yeah. Those mango barbecue pork ribs are amazing. They yeah. really are. Now, when I went there, you know, for me, I, I rate the experience and the food. For me, the food is just as important as the trip and such as the experience. So when we went there... It was the first time, Dave, where I felt like, even though I know everywhere you go with Disney, you're being herded like cattle, it was the first time I actually felt like I was cattle, being herded from one spot to the next. So, 
maybe that's just me being picky, but I realize you're you're at Disney. They can only you know they can only corral you in certain ways and have you go from one station to the next or whatnot. Right. But, but I really felt like I was cattle <laughs> being herded from one section to the next when when we got there. Um, the characters were amazing. You know, Colin got to see every single character like you were just talking about. And so that was really cool. I would have to say, besides Ohana's, Chef Mickey's has one of the best character dining experiences. Yeah, that's what you're paying for anyway, is the the experience with the characters. Because like I said, that's Fab Five. You've got Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, Goofy. I mean, you can't go right. any place. I mean, you do that in the parks, you're waiting in line for probably three, four hours at least. But let's talk about the food. All right, so... The food for us that night, and maybe it was just the night that we went, you know, we also had uh, the, the mango barbecue ribs available as well. I, I, the food was just adequate, Dave. When we got there, we sat down, everything was cool, met some characters even before we even got our food, which was really cool. Uh, you know, you, you get our, your kids situated first before you start eating. I got him some macaroni and cheese, some chicken nuggets, you know, things that I know he'll eat because he, you know how kids are, they eat one day and they don't eat the next. He had macaroni and chicken nuggets and some other stuff, some other vegetables or something, but the macaroni, seriously, was craft macaroni. There's no way around it. <laughs> Disney can deny it, but it was craft macaroni out of the box. I tasted it, my wife tasted it, and I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting craft macaroni. Um, and, and the chicken nuggets were like Tyson chicken nuggets, straight from the, the oven at my house, you know? So, not only did he have Kraft Macaroni from my house, but he also had the Tyson Chicken Nuggets from my house as well. So, it was like eating at my own place with the Fab Five in my kitchen. Which, really, I guess that would be really pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, what, <laughs> what do you want? So, I totally just contradicted myself. But, anyway, <laughs> the experience was amazing. But the food was just adequate, you know? I know even when I got my food, and my wife did as well, the food was cold. It... It, it was bland. I don't know, buddy. It just, we went on a bad night, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, you must have. wasn't great, and we even left. My wife and I even left, and we we're like, dude, we're not. I don't even know if I want to give this place a second chance. It was that bad. You should. We've been there several times, and it's not like that all the time. The only reason I go back is for Colin, so he could see the Fat Five. I mean, it, it, you're definitely paying for the, for the Disney dining character experience. That's what you're paying for, but the price that you pay. I want the food to be just as good. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're probably hoping that the kids are so excited that they, they're they not going to complain about the food, that they're just going to, you know, enjoy the characters and eat whatever and be on your way. But yeah, I agree with you about the cattle thing. That place does a huge business, so they've got to be strategic about where they have people, how long people are sitting. They uh, Once the characters are through your table, I think sometimes I do, I do feel like they kind of rush you out so that they can get the next the next group in so and you yeah. don't have to you know they you may feel like that but you don't have to you don't have to be like that you can just take your time yeah. and enjoy yourself no that was the first place i will say I'm, I'm glad you brought that up where my family we did feel rushed out we felt mm -hmm. as soon as we were dude the because the check was there boosh like it, like while we're taking our last bites it was okay let me ring your magic band but you know like right i think they did that in the beginning but the the receipt came through like, we weren't even done taking our last bites, and then there's the receipt. I'm like, okay, so apparently they want us to leave. So well, spe speaking of rushing you, I'm moving on to the next one. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so we're going to round things off here with uh, 1900 the Park Fair. Okay. It's over the Grand Floridian. Uh, this is the place where my daughter met Cinderella. 
You know, most people, when they talk about meeting Cinderella, they talk about going to uh, Cinderella's royal table at the castle, and that's that's great. You know, if you if you want to do it that way, that's great. My family tries to spend all of the time that we can in the parks doing attractions. So that's kind of my strategy on the whole thing. And so we, most of these restaurants, a lot of them anyway, are one are restaurants outside of the parks because you can go to those restaurants anytime you want, and it doesn't have to be. You don't necessarily have to buy a ticket into the park to go eat at a restaurant. So. A lot of the experiences I've had at restaurants are outside the parks um, at, res- at resorts or like the boardwalk and things like that. So 1900 Park Fair, they had Cinderella, Prince Charming, both stepsisters, and the stepmother walking around for characters. That's uh, cool. It's buffet. It's at Grand Fl- Floridian, which is like a trip on its own. It's such a beautiful place at Grand Floridian re- uh, Resort. And um, we just we had a good time. It, it, we've got some classic memories because my daughter at the time was she would not talk to Prince Charming. I mean, Prince Charming knelt down right next to her, and she totally turned her body all to the side, wouldn't talk to him at all, and just my whole family is just cracking up at it. So she, he was too charming for her. He was. He was. Yeah, she uh, was speechless. So we'll, we will see if, if she meets Prince Charming again what happens the, ne- the next time <laughs> we go back. But yeah, That's the, awesome. You know, we're talking about restaurants, so it should be about the food, not so much the uh, characters. But the the buffet was good. They had you know norm what you have at your normal buffet. Uh, you know it was top notch. They had the carving meats. They had any kind of vegetable you want. Um, you know it was it was all there. If you want, is there? They have desserts. As at a dessert bar that's like everything that you could ask for for dessert as well. That most of them are like bite-sized, you know, like finger food type desserts. But uh, you can take as many as you want. That's the beauty of a buffet, right? Dave, I, you just mentioned something. Yeah, you're right. That is the beauty of a buffet. But you just mentioned something. It's not really about the experience. It's about the food. I think it's both. I think just as important, the experience and the food. I have to disagree with you there. You're at Walt Disney World. Most families are paying on average $7,400 just to go on this vacation. It better be pretty darn exciting. You better entertain me, you know, while right, I eat. Right. Oh, no, I know the experience is, is a huge thing for my family, but as far as our talk today on our podcast is, right. about, is about the food. So, um, you know, that's the, that's, the, uh, that's the place where you can go. You don't have to pay to get into a park. You can meet Cinderella, which is a huge to-do on most young girls' lists. So I'm going to take us outside of the park as well. And I want to take us down to downtown Disney. So let's go there. All right. So imagine you're there. You recommended this. By the way, we can only go there for a certain amount of time because soon it's going, we're going to have to go to Disney Springs. You're right. So let's go down to Disney Springs, okay? Or downtown Disney, whatever you want to call it. You recommended this restaurant for my family last year. And we went. I absolutely loved it. My wife was like, eh, it's okay. I loved it. The T-Rex restaurant. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Now, Colin, the the dinosaur scared the bejesus out of him, and we actually had to carry him in there while he was kicking and screaming because we made these reservations. <laughs> There's no way we're going to cancel him. We're both hungry. We spent right. six hours in the car that day, just got in, just checked into Art of Animation on our way to downtown Disney. We're, we're eating, dude. We're not gonna we're not gonna leave this reservation. Then we're gonna have to pay for it. So, I had for starters. Let's see here. For starters, I had the Megalosaurus mozzarella, which was amazing. For dinner, I had, again, the New York strip steak. And then for dessert, I had the Meteor Bites. Have you had the Meteor Bites over at the T-Rex restaurant? 
I have not, and so I oh. think you're going to have to do some explaining about what these meals are. Okay, so you know, you know me. Anywhere we go, when we go out to eat, I'm totally ordering the mozzarella sticks, right? Right. So that's really all it is. It's just mozzarella sticks, but it's just good because you're at Disney. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's just good. It's just better <laughs> because you're at Disney. Right. Now, the New York strip steak was amazing. By far, the best strip steak that I had anywhere on resort. Really? Yeah, and I was really shocked by the end of the trip. Looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, the best meal I probably had all week was at Downtown Disney. And that just blew my mind away. Looking, you know, I don't know why it did. It just, I thought for sure I'd I'd have a better food experience in one of the parks or something like that. But I had some really good food. So whoever the chef was that night, good on you, man. That steak was amazing. You know why it was so good, don't you? Why? Because it wasn't it wasn't a beef strip steak. It was a dinosaur strip steak. <laughs> That's right. It was. That's why it was so good. <laughs> uh, the meteor bites, and you've probably had these at like a local restaurant. If you've ever been to Brunswick, uh, right down the street here, Dave, you've probably had them. The donut holes. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. It's all that's all it is, and they call them meteor bites. But they were just so good because again, you're at Downtown Disney. Right. So it's better than the ones that sell down here at the Boy Alley. Sweet. Even though it's yeah. probably the exact same thing. I would hope that the meteor, the, the donut holes that Disney would be a little better than at the bowling alley. <laughs> I don't know if you go back to Chef Mickey's with the Kraft macaroni and the Tyson <laughs> chicken nuggets. Maybe. So, Nick, now that we've shared some of the experiences that we've had at restaurants, uh, let's talk about some places that we would like to go in the future. Kind of a wish list, if you will, for places that you'd like to go eat in the Disney property. Okay, yeah, I can throw out one right now. My number one that I really want to go to, and it's in the Magic Kingdom, so I'm taking you over there, the Be Our Guest restaurant. I wasn't able to get into the sit-down dining experience, so I went ahead and made reservations for the lunch, and I cannot wait for that. I know the dining experience is probably going to be a little bit better, but I cannot wait to go there, and hopefully I'll have the opportunity to try the gray stuff. You better. Uh, That place is pretty cool. I've just seen it from the outside because I promised my daughter the last time I went that I would not experience that without her doing it with me so uh i held true to my word and stayed away from it and we've got reservations coming up for it and uh we're going to do a late lunch and like you said it's not sit down but we'll at least get into the place see the atmosphere and things like that so i'm looking forward to that okay what about you dave so the first one that i'm going to talk about uh is it's a resort it's a resort restaurant, and it's actually two two different meals. Uh, one of the they're both at Fort Wilderness Lodge, and one of them is Trails End, which I've heard so much about Trails End. And every time I make uh, a phone call to my buddy Mike uh, at Be Our Guest Podcast, he always says that I need to go to Trails End. I need to go to Trails End and take my family. And I've never been and. Trails End at uh, Fort Wilderness Lodge. I'm going to have to make a trip over there one of these times and check it out. Now, I looked at the menus between Trails End and then the the long-running show, the, the Hoop-de-Doo Review, seem to be pretty similar. So I'm kind of looping those two in together and saying that one of these days I'm going to have to either, either do Trails End or the Hoop-de-Doo Review. So in the future, I'm going to go to one of those two restaurants, and, and the plan is... They have boat service that runs from Fort Wilderness Lodge to Magic Kingdom. So one of these days, we're going to leave Magic Kingdom, hop on the boat, head on over to Trails End, or do the Hoop-de-Doo review uh, show with dinner. Awesome, buddy. I'm going to take us to the Magic Kingdom, and I'm taking us to Gaston's Tavern. Okay. I didn't go there last year. 
I walked around on the outside, walked in a little bit by myself. My family was down the way. But I'm definitely taking my boy Colin there because I want to throw back a LeFou brew with my boy. Yeah, I haven't had one of those. We'll have to. You'll have to tell me how it is. That's something I really want to do. He's. I just want to go in. I, I imagine us walking in there, like you know, we got it going on. Sit down and just throw one back together. That's <laughs> right. You, that would you, be, you right. pound on the bar. You pound <laughs> on the bar and you say, "Bartender, right. two." Yeah, give, give me two pints of LeFou brew. That's right. <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to do that, and I hope he really enjoys it. And we'll go. You know, I imagine us just looking at each other and just pounding the mugs together, saying cheers. I think there you got to cheers it. Pretty you have cool, to cheers. Pretty cool, daddy and son moment, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so my son and I do cheers with his sippy cup right now. So yeah. that'll be has, cool. As he has, that's right. As he has his, uh, you know, uh, marshmallow mustache on on his face. You know, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah, you'll have to tell me how that one goes. All right, uh, buddy. So let's see. What do I want to pick next? I, you know, I have so so many places that I'd like to go that I haven't been, and you know. There's a couple of them that I'm just going to mention real quick and not say much about because there's probably no way I'm ever going to go to them because they're just out of my prowess range and too right. classy for me. Uh, California Grill over at the Contemporary and Jico over at um, Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, two top-end restaurants that I just looked at their menu and I totally would love to go to one of these days. And who knows, maybe I'll... Uh, Maybe I will get a Christmas present and and get to go to one of those places or or win the lottery or something. I don't know. Uh, but but so those are two places I just want to give mention to that are on my wish list that I'll never ever get a chance to go to. But one of the restaurants that I've heard a lot of good things recently. I know it kind of uh, had some bad reviews a while back, but but recently I've heard a lot of good things coming out of uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Mama Melrose. Yeah. So Mama Ralph. So I'm Mama going Melrose. there. I'm going there this summer. Yeah, Mama Melrose was one of the places, uh, at least it used to be, I haven't checked lately, one of the places where you could go and actually have the uh, phantasmic preferential seating with your meal at Mama Melrose. So my family actually discussed booking at Mama Melrose and to see Phantasm because, again, we hate waiting in line for everything. So if you do that, you don't have to stand in line for an hour before Phantasmic to actually get into the theater. Uh, but I, I looked at their menu, and there's a, a penne alla vodka with chicken that I would like to get, and it's it's on my to-do list, and that is something that's actually attainable to me. So that's on my wish list. Awesome. You know, and I'm going to have us pack our bags and take a play around and go on the other side of the country. We're going west coast here, buddy. Oh, yeah. you opened it up. Sorry, man. We're going West Coast, baby. We're going to Disneyland. And one restaurant that I really want to take my family to, and we will someday, if not this year, next year. You've been there. The Blue Bayou. Oh, I want to go to the Blue Bayou. And I know earlier you mentioned it's about the food, but I've been, you know, going through the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and you see that as you turn in the beginning of the ride. What a cool experience that There's feel nothing. like you're on the bayou. I mean, I want to do that. I want to take my family there. So tell me a little bit about that, Dave. I have never been there, but I've booked families that are eating there. Yeah. First of all, I would like to say that I did not know that this was opened up to both parks. So there would be a revised wish list and experience list. But Blue Bayou definitely would be at the top of my list. Uh, Blue Bayou sits right inside. You, you board your boat on Pirates of the Caribbean, you go around a curve, and boom, there's Blue Bayou. Set up as an old town, you know, kind of New Orleans style. And uh, my experience with it, we we did exactly what I told you earlier in the podcast. We asked the uh, the hostess, when we checked in with our with our reservations, we, we asked the hostess, we said, we'd like to sit up close to the ride. So 
we're willing to wait a little bit longer so that we get those seats. So so we did. We waited about maybe 15, 20 minutes after our reservation time, and we got a seat right up next to the gates that uh, block you from actually jumping into the water onto the ride. And uh, you you go on, you, you sit there, and you just watch boat after boat go by. There's a hidden Mickey in the water right there by you that you can spot from your seats at the table. Uh, in that same scene, they've got the sunset on the other side, so you can look out kind of at the... Uh, it's darkness because it's a dark right it's darkness but it's kind of that point in the of the night where uh you can still see that there's light on the horizon and there's an old shack across the waterway it's got the guy playing uh oh Susanna on the banjo that you can kind of hear in the background just as i mean you cannot beat that for ambiance at a meal it was awesome and you know the biggest fan of of blue bayou would be my wife we went there and she said that she had the best meal she's ever eaten period at blue bayou and uh yeah and and let me see i'm trying to think of what she had uh she i think she had i want to say almost like a pot roast and uh that might not be true but i think that that's that's what she had i went all out cajun style i went with jambalaya i went with gumbo uh and just we're there we're in new orleans square we're at the blue bayou so that's what i had and, and mine was really good too so uh, just an overall great meal and a great experience, and and you threw me a curveball there. I didn't know we could go West Coast. You forgot about the motherland. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so for my last wish list, it's something that's going to happen on my next trip. I have no doubt in my mind, and I don't know why I haven't visited this place. And like I said, Nick, maybe I have, but I don't recognize any of the food that they have at this place. It's counter service. It's not sit down, so it's a quick thing, and it's super cheap. And it's right by the hub, and it's called Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. So Sleepy Hollow serves waffles and chicken. And they have sandwiches that are waffles and chicken sandwiches. And and I personally have never had a waffle and chicken experience. Well, I'm getting mine by the castle, bro. It's going to be the sweet and spicy chicken waffle. Uh, $7.50, you can't beat that price. I heard they're really big so that it might feed two people. So we'll probably get that, and we're going to also pick up this one, the Nutella and fruit waffle. Nice. Awesome, huge, buddy. huge Nutella fans in my house. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us back from the West Coast, from Disneyland, all the way back to the Magic Kingdom on my end here. And I know I've done a lot in the Magic Kingdom. I w- I'm gonna try my best, and it, and this is a, this is a quick service. It's not a sit down. Uh, I'm gonna go to the Friars Nook and have their pot roast macaroni and cheese. I've heard hmm. so many good reviews about it, and I heard the pot roast is amazing. You know me, I'm a big meat and potato guy, so I'm definitely going to make an attempt to go over there with my boy and share a pot roast and macaroni and cheese. Then throw, then throw a few back. Yeah, yeah, then go to Adventureland and get a Dole Whip. <laughs> yeah, so. all right, hey, that's next. Oh, sorry, well, sorry, jump the gun. Now, speaking of which, well, let's change gears, we'll move on. You, you don't have any more wish lists to share, do you? No, we're good to go. What are we going to do, talk about desserts now? It's time, you know, at the end of every meal you have to have a dessert, so at the end of this podcast we're going to have a talk about desserts and what nice. we would like to okay. uh, what we would like to share with you about desserts. So let me kick it off here. Um, you mentioned it already, so let's just talk about it. It's the big elephant in the room, it's everybody's favorite, it's the Dole Whip. Yes. Yeah. So I, t- I talked to my wife about this before I went on podcast today, and she said, you know, I don't get it. She's like, it's great, you know, it's a, it's a Dole Whip, it's an, a unique experience, but she said, I just don't get the huge phenomenon and the waiting in for an hour in line for the Dole Whip. It, and that's just it. It's because, honestly, it's the hype. You know, the hype makes everything taste better. Um, I don't know, man. 
But it's selling because they just switched uh, places with that Sunshine Tree Terrace, I think. Yeah, it's... So, uh, you know, it's a huge fan favorite, and it's on it's on my list. You know, it's it, you have to put it on your list because it's so popular, and you just have to make that pilgrimage to the Aloha Isle to get yeah. you a Dole Whip. And and, and that's, yeah, I, that's on my list as well for desserts, the Dole Whip. Can I, can I mention someone, mention yeah. another one? Because, you, you know, we kind of mentioned Dole Whip together here. And I mentioned this earlier. I really, I just got to mention it again because I'm super excited. I can't wait to try the gray stuff. Yeah, the gray I, stuff. I heard it's delicious. That's what they say. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't believe me, ask the dishes. Okay, never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. All right, so let's go here. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, so you know me, and I don't like spending time eating in the park. So I'm back outside the park. We're back over at the boardwalk. We are at Beaches and Cream. Okay, yeah, hit me up. So, so the Beaches and Cream has this dessert that they call the Kitchen Sink. And yes. the, re- the reason is they throw everything in it. So get this, it starts eight scoops of ice cream. It's got brownies. It's got bananas. It's got angel food cake. It's got Oreos. It's got cherries. And it's got whipped cream. Mmm, that sounds so delicious. I mean, that's something that you get one, boom, your whole family's got dessert. Or you could just be like me and eat the whole thing anyway. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take it over here, Dave. Okay, I'm going to take us to Epcot, and I'm taking us all the way to France. You know, they know how to cook food, right? And desserts. You know me, I'm a big croissant person. I got to go with the chocolate croissant. You stole my picks. You must have looked at my list, man. I have it <laughs> on my list right here. I have. There's three things that I have on my list from that place. Hey, great minds think alike, right, buddy? This is true. So so do you have anything specific? Or just, every, just the chocolate no, croissant? No, dude, just that chocolate croissant. All right, yeah, I have that listed as well, but I'm going for the Napoleon. Okay. So I'm a huge Tiramisu fan, and uh, this looks an awful lot like it. I've never had it before, and I don't—I definitely have to try it. It's uh, its kind of like an ice cream that's kind of whipped lightly is how it's described, and it's got what looks like a graham cracker, but they say it's a pastry. Um, so it kind of looks like a Tiramisu, and I just, I'd just—I'd have to try it. It's like, a, it's like a fancy ice cream sandwich, but it looks so good. All right, Dave, hit us up with one more, buddy, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, man, it's like the grand finale of a fireworks show. I'm going to throw three of them at you in a row, probably. So we're going to uh, several places serve up that volcano cake, which is ice cream, brownies, fudge with the with the hot fudge coming out of the middle of the brownie. Fantastic. I had it at the Spirit of Aloha dinner. Um, and then my wife said that I have to mention the carrot cake of Chef Mickey's, your favorite place. Carrot cake of Chef Mix, <laughs> and uh, finally, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end it with the zebra domes at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. White chocolate mousse with white chocolate topping making up the dome. But the nice. best part, but the best part, Kahlua in them. Nice, buddy. You know, I'm gonna add one more thing. Sorry, I'm gonna surprise you here because this is something we did not talk about. So we talked about restaurants, quick service, sit down, desserts. What about the snacks? Mm. I'm gonna mention one snack. All right. It the is. best snack in the, on the whole entire resort, no matter where you go. The what pop, is it? The popcorn. Boosh. Popcorn. Boosh. I thought for sure you were going to say the churros. Oh, no, no. no. I'm, a, I'm not a big churro fan. I know a lot of people are. I'm just, yeah. I don't know. I can have one here. I can have popcorn here, too, but nothing tastes like the popcorn in the parks. It is the best, and I can't wait this year to go back and to get it in get it in a, a Darth Vader helmet again. Yeah, I knew you were going to go for the Star Wars, the Star right. Wars container. Cool. 
Mousecapade friends, thanks for listening to today's episode, episode 6, covering all the fantastic food in the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland. I threw that curveball at Dave earlier in the podcast. If you want more information on how to become a travel agent yourself and become a dream maker, simply contact travel at twotickets2paradise.net. Again, that's travel at twotickets2paradise.net, the numeral 2. You can always contact us at Mousecapades Podcast at gmail.com with all of your listener questions maybe a topic you'd like to hear on the show or just to simply you know review us send us an email but most importantly please send us a review in itunes also you can go ahead and text us with your listener questions comments or whatever it may be 407-674-0414 that's right you can also reach us by facebook or twitter at mousecapades podcast on facebook or mousecapades pod on twitter Outstanding. Remember, Mousecapade friends, Godspeed in the parks, and be gluttonous. Peace. Poisson, les poissons, how I love les poissons! Love to chop and to serve little fish! First I cut off their heads and I pull out their bones! Ah, mais oui, ça c'est toujours délicieux! Les poissons, les poissons! With a cleaver, I hack them in two! I pull out what's inside and I serve it outside! God, I love little fishes, don't you? Here's something for tempting the palate. Prepared in the classic technique. First you pound the fish flat with a mallet. Then you slash through the skin, give the belly a slice. Then you rub some salt in, cause that makes it taste nice. Zut, alors, I have missed one. Sacrable, what is this? How on earth could I miss such a sweet? Little succulent crab. Quel dommage, what a loss. Here we go in the sauce. Now some flour, I think, just a dab. <laughs> now I'll stuff you with bread. It don't hurt, cause you're dead. And you're certainly lucky you are. <laughs> cause it's gonna be a hot in magic silver pot. To the new poisson au revoir. What is this? Better go see what Louie is up to. Come out, you little deep squeak and fight like a man! Louie! What are you doing? No, I, I, I was just, uh, 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 I'm sorry, madame.